0: Welcome to Tools Day, a podcast about tech tools, tips, and tricks on Tuesdays at 2. I'm your co-host, Una. And I'm Chris. And today we're reporting live from JSConf EU. We're talking about.
1: Sketches? Data sketches. We're
0: talking about. Data
1: viz. Visual... Visualization uh, tools.
0: Data viz tools, right? Data viz tools. Yeah, it's cool. Obviously, we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> so we have two awesome guests on the show here today. We have Nadia and Shirley. Say hello. 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 Oh, I love that. That was so unison. So yesterday at CSS Conf, EU, they did an awesome show. We're gonna get some really great background noise. Let's play a game here. Um, they did a really great talk about a project they do called Data Sketches. And every month what they did was they came up with a topic, a theme, and they had this collaboration where they both create these amazing data visualizations that are like mind-blowing. Like mind-blowing. They so one of my favorites is the Hamilton lyrics that like, Shirley literally analyzed every single lyric of their songs. Twice. Twice. Unfortunately. It's just really awesome, like, what kind of work they do. What are your favorite projects?
2: Oh, man, that's difficult. I always tend to go with the Olympic feathers. uh, Because I'm such a fan of the Olympics, and I'm so happy that I managed to make, like, a visualization of, like, all gold medals in there. It's, like, 5,000 of them, so... With fun facts. Yes, with fun facts. I have a one ton facts. of fun facts now in my mind. Wait, tell about, us, like, tell us one that's not the ducks. That's not the ducks. Okay, so wait, the, wait, wait.
1: Also, tell us the ducks. <laughs> what,
2: what is the ducks? <laughs> the ducks. So, in one of the very first editions, uh, Henry Pierce in the rowing event, he had to stop for ducks, but he still won gold. Crossing, crossing and yeah, front of Like ducks. ducks crossing us and
1: wow. Yeah. How, How did... far ahead was he? I
2: don't know. I when, didn't What like sport was this?
0: Don't...
2: Rowing. Yeah. Oh rowing. Yes. Yeah. I would have just Where gone else are ducks? right through.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yo duck move out. That screen's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <laughs> still won. That's, That's amazing. one. You want another one? What's yeah. yours? What's your favorite? Oh, uh, okay. Out
3: of data sketches, right? As yes. I you meant in general. Um, it has it probably has to be Hamilton. Uh, just because of like how much blood, sweat, love, tears I put into it, um, and you know I went through all of the lyrics wow. twice. I think I went through like an emotional crisis in the middle of it. But you got to see Hamilton in the end. Well, not because of the project. Oh. <laughs> yeah,
1: you oh, got a free ticket that. I know.
3: So there were so many people that were like, "You, you should be getting a free ticket." And then like Lemon Wall retweeted my tweet, right? And then also Hamilton musical itself retweeted it. But neither of them. Ever ever responded to all these people telling them that I should get a free
0: ticket. She they were like very down. silent. It's like, yo. So, I'm your biggest fan, clearly.
1: This brings up a great point where half your work, or more than that is, getting the data set itself, which is incredible. So how so can you describe the process that you went through to get the data behind all this? Um, because it must have been the Hamilton one or, or any,
3: in any of them in general. Yeah. Well, okay, so um I make it sound like I do a lot of manual entry, but I actually don't. The only one that I did a lot of manual data entry was for Hamilton, mostly because there's like no metadata available for Hamilton other than the lyrics online. So then that's why I had to go through the lyrics twice and like get everything. Um, There's another one where I uh, (laughs) downloaded all the YouTube videos, like wrote scripts to download all the YouTube videos that had the Obamas in it. And then, like, uploaded the screenshots to like Google Vision API so that I can put emojis on them. That was the whole point of this. Um, I actually write a lot of automated scripts. Um, what do you use to write them? Oh, so I use a lot of Node packages. I swear, there's like a Node package for everything I can ever imagine. But I actually think that like Nadi has the much
2: more interesting
3: data cleaning stories.
2: Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. My 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 background is more of a data science part, so I'm very much into R to do everything. And for me, there's a package to do everything in R if I want to. Uh, so for me, there's also a lot of manual labor. My my sort of slimmed down version of Hamilton was in that sense was Dragon Ball Z that I dove into and I manually added all kinds of things about the This These are the best themes. <laughs> okay,
1: so for the front devs out there, what is R?
2: Oh, R. R is a, a statistical programming language. Uh, that is, I think either R or Python is used by people actually like doing data analysis. And um, it's a, it's like I think people say it's like a tool for people that don't really. It's, very easy, low level to understand. It's okay. like it's almost like pseudocode I find when I read through an R file and understand what you're actually wanting to do. So in that sense, yeah, yeah. So you have your own GUI, yeah. it has nothing to do with the browser, uh, but yeah, a lot of things. Do you things. use R to then like, scrape the browser or is that completely different? You can use R to actually make a scraper if you want to. Yeah, Nice. Yes, but yeah, you can read in any kind of... Uh, di- Data that you have and manipulate it and do some if you really want to, it's really meant for more like the you know, predictive algorithms or our segmentations or all kinds of machine learning stuff and then sort of analyze your data. So what do you use then for the visualizations once you have this data? Oh we both use D3 for that. Yes. That's
3: the thing that we have in common. That's actually how we met, because we met online in a private D3 slash dataviz like Slack channel. Um, because it was like it was started by some of the members of the Bay Area D3 user group and then we saw Nadi's work and we were like holy fucking shit sorry are we allowed to mess that's yeah
1: fine. okay Oh <laughs> will mark this as explicit okay. not clean <laughs>
3: uh. the first one <laughs> sorry and then and Elijah was like we're inviting her and then and then she joined mm-hmm. the flag and then that's how we met so it's it's D3 ties us Yes, That's
0: awesome. Yeah. So the D3 community brought you together. Yes. Um, your visualizations are not your typical standard D3 like example code. They go so far beyond that. Can you talk a little bit about that, like expanding on D3? Um, a lot of our own imagination. A lot of,
3: oh, so we we actually do try and think of like what inspires us. And for me, ever since I started Data Sketches, I've been joking around that I have been to more art museums than I ever have in my life. Just because every month I'm like, holy, I need to, like, come up with something new and original, like, that looks different from what I had before. So I now go to a lot of art museums, and that's how I kind of, like, dream up different things. And beyond that, from a technical perspective, what we've agreed on is um, uh, a lot of SVG paths. Like, we're, we, we know yes. every single SVG path command now yes. and how they work, yes. Um,
0: as well as lots of map. Yes, yes. Map is a really fun way to
2: construct your own custom SVG paths.
0: Yeah, so during your presentation, they brought up all these sketches from their notebooks of all the calculations they did. And I guess then you apply that to SVG. So D3, as far as I understand, you can use in two ways. You can use Canvas or SVG,
2: right? These days, you can, yes. Well, it's, so in a way, D3 is really meant to make SVGs. So you bind data to your SVGs, and then you can scale them. You can have the radius, depend on, on data, or the size, or the width. Um, but you can also use D3 to. Make your scales or de- define your colors, and then you ha- uh, and then you use like the uh, canvas tools to actually draw the shapes. But with the new version of D three that's also sort of baked into it now that you can actually have both. But it. it didn't always used to be the case. And wait, wait,
1: a new version of D three? How- version
2: four. Version okay. four. How yeah. new is,
1: is this? Like a, a, yeah. the How same version of D three that's now the last like five years, or is there a new?
3: It's. I mean. Is it yeah. new? New? It's. It's. It's uh, last summer. Oh really? New. Yeah. And it has, like, all these incredible updates where I think it's not... It actually, I don't think, changed that much in terms of the core concepts. I think that Mike Vostok basically just, like, took some of the things that he thought wasn't as efficient... In the past versions and just make them better. Yeah, and he's use
2: Mike like, is a creator of D3. Oh, yeah.
3: Oh, and one of the things I did want to mention is that D3 is not exclusive to SVG or Canvas. It's actually just a tool for manipulating yes. the DOM. That's right. So you can actually use it with any, like, regular HTML elements either, also. But it's just yeah. data visualization is the easiest with SVG and Canvas. It's just yeah. a set of tools to help you manipulate
0: them easier. Yeah. yeah. You can you
2: can make a bar chart with diffs if you wanted to.
0: Yeah. So when you have your ideas, do you sort of design it first and then apply it to 3 or do you use like existing
2: chart capabilities and kind of adapt your designs to those? It depends, it depends. So I usually, I, I try to sketch out my ideas on paper because then I'm completely free and my pen can draw anything that I want, which sort of breaks me out of like thinking and the limitations of tools. And then I sort of look at my final design and if I see some similarities to something I know, I might take that and then adjust that to my final, sort of morph that into what I have in my sketch. But that's not always the case. Sometimes you do start. You have something that's so new, like Shirley had with the film flowers. Uh, you just make it film from scratch. Flowers. Yes.
1: yes. I <laughs> no, seen... oh, more. All right. but No matter. Okay.
2: Well. Okay. So film flowers for, was for our very
3: first Data Sketches month, which was July. The topic was movies, and I wanted to visualize the top summer blockbuster movies in the last two and a half plus decades that I've been. Because that's how long I've been alive (laughs) Um, and um, I wanted to do it because I'm really bad with pop culture and I wanted to see how many movies I knew and it just so happened that like I was sketching out different ideas of like how should I visualize this and my first idea was like uh, fireworks and that didn't work because I don't I'm not good with physics simulations so then I was like flowers summer flowers Um, and I made flowers out of each of the movies uh, I think if you just Google
0: film flowers Shirley Wu, hopefully something comes I'm up. Sure they're really cool. So what they did was um, apply like the genres and the length of the movies, and they're dynamically generating these flowers that describe the movies. Which I think is like a really interesting way to see how films compare, but also it's just like a nice little like snippet, a very concise snippet of information. Yeah.
1: The special yeah. one was the Batman with Robin <laughs> and black guy. Yeah.
3: I think that's everybody's smart. favorite. 1997 yeah. Batman and Robin. That's
0: my favorite.
1: <laughs> so can you go through your process of how you've designed and developed the flowers? Because like,
0: the all of your projects today, the sketches are really well designed. Yeah. Nice. Thank you so much. Um, for that one, I think all I did was sketch out some ideas. Oh, so actually, so one of the
3: things that we did notice um, that we did was whenever <laughs> for me, when I start sketching out ideas for a particular data set, I always, always look at the attributes I have for the data set as well as some basic things like um you know extremes min max of my data set um the spread of my data set etc before i start sketching out ideas and especially it's especially helpful when i list out all of my attributes my data attributes to be able to like map them to a visual encoding so like the film flowers one for example i listed out all of the like imdb information i had. so like you know ratings uh, genres um number of votes imdb votes etc and i actually then took that and was like, oh, I can map you know colors to the genres, and I can map the size of the flowers to the ratings itself, etc. And that's that's the simplified version of how I think I go through most of my sketching and ideation phase. It's not always it's not always successful, especially if I have a huge huge data set that I can't quite you know grasp my like without putting it on the screen and seeing it and. It takes quite a few processes, but that's that's the basic idea. Yeah, but Nadia's has a little bit different.
2: Well, I I I, when I do that, so when I I put things on paper, the 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 variables that I have, I do that as well. But then I always try to break out of the um, assigning specific variables to specific uh, elements because otherwise, uh, you would get like the same visual every time, except that instead of Sometimes it's circles, the other times it's rectangles. Um, so I really try and find one unique thing every month that is weird uh, and try and sort of base it around that. So and for my first one it was more of a... more SVT pads, but also I had one with all kinds of swooshes going down and one has more of a generative randomness to it. and sometimes it can take a while before you figure out (laughs) how to interpret the information but there are many layers to it Uh, so it's more for the nerds of the specific topic (laughs) like Lord of the Rings, like Olympics or like Dragon Ball Z that I make it for. People that really want to dive in and then they can find many different layers through this data set.
3: Dragon Ball Z one definitely needs to be checked out for like the, I don't know, what was it, how many hours that you spent searching for GIFs, for like video clips so that you can make GIFs out of them?
2: Oh yeah, I spent like two or three hours just looking for 10 GIFs that were the best GIFs of the best moments in Dragon Ball Z. It was great fun. I appreciate everyone's
1: pronunciation of the word GIF here. I agree with all of you. (laughs) GIF.
2: GIF. GIF. I, I just <laughs> use whatever the person before me said, actually. I feel like. I'm a gift, gift kind of girl, you know. <laughs> I'm not agit.
0: Um, so I wanted to ask what are your favorite tools for creating these data visualizations with?
1: Beyond Apart
0: D3. From D3.
1: Apart G3, from D3. Anything
2: else? So I'm very. I'm.
1: I'm, no, only D three. <laughs> I'm
2: very vanilla on the, on the with the rest. So it, for me, it's really R doing the data, getting the data ready, and it's, then it's D three getting it on the screen. And so you send it from R to D three in JavaScript. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I create like a CSV or a JSON from R, and I load that in because I never have I never have real time data, or, uh, and it's never too big. Uh, so I can just load it in s- as static files. <laughs> and sometimes I even take it back into Illustrator to make like a static poster. For example, I've done yeah. that. So that's those three things is all. Wait, so how big are these uh, like these sites when you're done with them? They're very small. So, well, I I mean, in
0: terms not the file, but like with all the images and all the like interactions, there's a lot of animations going on there. It's all
1: SVG though, right? So yeah, it's
2: SVG. Yeah, and uh, very few images. Only only like the Dragon Ball Z had uh, tons of images, but usually like none, no images. It's all SVG and and (laughs) some HTML blocks to explain. What you're looking relatively
3: at. efficient, actually. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Um, and so, I actually, uh, one of the things I really like saying is that um, Nadi and I kind of, I guess, accidentally found each other, but we, like, we find that we actually complement each other really well because Naughty's background is um, before, I mean, astronomy, but then after that it was data science. And for me, I started out business and then was like, oh, hell's no. And then I was computer (laughs) science. Um, And so I come from a very, like, front-end dev background. And Nadi comes from a very data science background. So, like, even seeing our approaches to how we, like, do each of the sections and, like, the end results and, like, um, so that's really interesting, so having said that what I mean is like for example for the data Yeah, I use a lot of new packages to do all of my scripting And then I go into the front end and how I do my visualizations are very deep 3 heavy And actually a lot of them are actually also react heavy for a lot of the interactions a lot I do a lot of like explorable visualizations So then like being able to do filters and be able to like you know um,
0: actually a lot of them are just filters fancy filters Nice. I love that. I love filters. (laughs) Um, We like to ask on the show, if somebody was new in the data visualization world, I cannot say that word today. Data visualization (laughs) world. Database. 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 Yeah, there we go. Database newbies. If they wanted to get involved and start creating, what would you recommend as like first
2: steps, how to get started, where to go, what tools you would recommend? I would recommend, actually, um, there's there's some great books out there. Some of them are even free online, like Interactive Data Visualization for the Web by Scott Murray. Just reading through some of the first chapters to get an understanding. And oh, then there's block. like a D3 version of CodePen mm-hmm. that's called Blocks. What? DL.aux.org. And yes. it's just like,
3: I think the last index amount was like 22,000 different examples. And if you go to, so our friend Ian Johnson built a, um, kind of like an editor on top of it called Block Builder, it's blockbuilder.org, and you can search all of the blocks by like the deepened functions, the version, who made them, etc. So like, So, but I would recommend that, that after, actually a, a little bit after like you do the introductory part and you're like looking for examples that you can learn from. Um, but I think Scott Murray's book is really great because he approaches it as like a, somebody that maybe doesn't even code, like maybe a designer that's coming in or so he like lays out HTML, CSS, just because like data viz on the web these days is actually like very multidisciplinary in the sense mm-hmm. that you have to understand like HTML, CSS, SVG, sometimes canvas, and design, then JavaScript, like design, and then um, and then you get to D3. Right. Um, and so he like lays it out really well and I think Elijah makes uh, D3 in action. Is it's good in the, like a little bit more advanced topics. So yeah. those are if you are the type that like likes to learn from books, those are really great resources. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking a little bit more about like where do you want to start, and this is a shameless plug, but um, I um, I made a workshop that I wish I had when I was starting out um, for front end masters where, um, yeah, so there's the we D3 of masters on the
2: show
3: <laughs> <laughs> Really? Yeah. Um, yeah I love those guys, they're so amazing um, But yeah, so I, I did a workshop for them like a month or two ago um, and the whole premise was D3 is a huge ass library that like is super overwhelming and 20,000 plus examples is overwhelming so let me just like break it down into what I think are the core concepts of D3 and how to then like you know, take those core concepts and then apply them to the rest of the library. And then my whole point isn't to teach you the entire library. My point is to teach you how to use the rest of the library.
1: I yeah. actually learned D3 from their older front of masters uh, Yay, workshop. Johnson. And it's a super old. Uh, oh, yeah, wow. So I have a question for you. So one of the things I find hard about database sometimes is SVGs themselves because they themselves are confusing to me. Were um, there any things you found helpful in your understanding of them that kind of clicked for you or just using the bunch kind of uh, you learn all the properties and it makes sense after a while or?
3: So for me I think there was uh, two major things for SCBG. Um, one, you know, just like learning all of the elements, but the thing that like was really weird to me about SVG was the fact that in divs, you nest everything, right? And that's how you create your hierarchy. But in SVG, the key thing is that um, you actually cannot nest anything. You cannot, like they have circles, they have rectangles, they have text. You cannot nest anything unless you put them into this thing called a group element, a G element. And then you can nest that and then like, you know, like move things around, etc. So that was the first thing that was really weird to me that like was a weird breakthrough. And the second thing was um just learning all of the different SVG path commands. So there's this thing called a D attribute, and that's how you like tell it, um, you know, like move to this point, line to this point, curve to this point. And um the moment that it made sense for me was I actually realized that like if you draw a curve with the SVG path command, it's exactly like if you draw a curve. With the pen tool in an illustrator, where you start from a starting point, you click for your ending point, and you have two anchor points that you drag around to form your curve. And that's basically all of the like you know points in the curve. And that's how that was my like that moment was when I realized I understood.
0: I would actually uh, I was gonna say I'd recommend opening Illustrator or uh, GIMP or Sketch, making an SVG, copying that code and pasting it into a text editor, because then it creates the SVG and you can see where you're changing. Even better than that is if you paste it into something like CodePen or Blocks, Block Builder, um, because then you can live edit and see what the changes are happening on your screen. You can play with fill, you can play with different properties and apply CSS to it. Um, and that's how I learned SVG, just by creating, I used to do a lot of illustration in Illustrator and then animate that. So when you're opening it in the browser, you can inspect element
2: and see what every
0: single part of it is.
2: True. Sure. Yeah, for me it was slightly different because when I started out with D three, I didn't actually know HTML, CSS, or JavaScript. I had some. A year ago, you didn't know any of it. No, all well, three years ago, I oh, didn't okay. know any of it. Uh, but I, you know, I had some like f- fifteen years ago something with new pets, but yeah. 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 that was. We yeah. really yeah. all did. No, we, wow. go, we all learned. But millennials
0: <laughs> was oh, yeah, awesome. <laughs> great because
2: I was like Zenga,
0: MySpace. Yeah. Like-. yeah. So the last talk was uh, Rachel White. It she was talking about making the
2: internet weird and how people learn how to code. A ton of people learn how to code from pets, i.e. all of us, so. Yes. But i f I've gotten most of that, you know, the specifics. I just sort of knew what it was supposed to look like, and it was all new to me. So grouping layers in SVG seemed very natural because I had some playing around in Illustrator and Photoshop before, and, and I didn't know what was everything supposed to go. So it was like, oh, okay, so this makes sense, grouping. Yeah, I can see that, circles in groups and then rectangles in groups. So I don't actually know what was the most hard thing. I could, I could spend two hours on an error because I didn't know if you would have SVG double dot text would uh, be the same as just text. And that was just, I could, I could have like two hours just on figuring that out. So it's amazing. Like you can go from not ever doing web dev to in three years creating basically any data visualization you can think of. But it's really, it's the data visualization. So I still don't know a lot about general web dev. Uh, but I can I can put data on his screen. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazingly
0: beautiful. It's, it's so cool. You all need to check it out. This project is called data sketches. You can get to it by going to like, data the... sketch dot yes. Okay, S. just start from the end of the URL dot es and then say data sketches backwards from there and you can find it. <laughs> wait, wait. wait, what? <laughs> just, I would start with the dot es wait. and then fill the rest in. I would just, just say data sketch. You, you know what? Just go e on e yes. wait, yes. Twitter handle <laughs> Alt, at yes. data sketches. Oh, there you go. Yeah. At data sketches. And what are your Twitter handles?
3: So mine is s x y w u, which unfortunately um, sounds out to sexy woo. But these are my. <laughs> why I always say sexy <laughs> These
2: are my initials. <laughs> okay, and now I have learned to live with it. Love it. Love it. Mine is just my first and last name, Nadi Bremer. Although nobody's going to know how to spell that, so just maybe try and find me through data sketches. Or Visual Cinnamon, that's how I, oh, that's a good one. We'll yeah. Visualcinnamon.com. Some...
0: Visualcinnamon.com.
2: Yeah.
1: We'll have show notes with all these links. Yeah, we'll have all uh... these links
2: the
0: show notes. I'll have your Twitter
2: handles. Is there anything that you want to kind of shout out um, as a last like? Well, there's one thing I wanted to add about the starting point What I find is that you, the best way to start is not to just grab some examples but try and find some data that you are really into. I mean there's more online than you think and and figure out some simple way to visualize that and then try and do that with using the blog Small baby steps. Yes, baby that's steps. really
3: important because there's so many things that can trip you up like all the things that we mentioned. So small like small attainable goals that will eventually lead to a good big data visualization goal. Um but yeah, I think I think mean, I guess we just want to thank you for having us on the show because this was incredibly fun. I think I talked faster than I normally do just because I feel like you're talking really
0: fast. Well, our show is pretty (laughs) short. You
3: guys guys are making me talk
0: really fast. (laughs) No, you're fine. This is a great show. Thank you so much for being on it. Your talk was amazing. Data Sketches is amazing. Seriously, go check it out. And also, their entire process is on there from ideation to sketches to final. So if you want more information about this, check that out. Check out the Fun-End Masters course that Shirley did. Um, check them out on Twitter and follow all the cool work they do. Thank you so much. Thank you.